Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Thank you, worship team. Grateful to be back with you all at church this week. Um, Big thanks to Pastor Andrew last week for bringing the word. Um, I was stuck in Atlanta, super hot. Um, But uh, I miss church, I miss you all. So it's good to be back this week. Um, got another installment of this series called The Aftermath, The Aftermath, the, the 40 days that, that Jesus was on earth before he ascended back into heaven, and uh, we got one more week of it next week, so don't miss it, but um, man, I've been encouraged, I hope you've been encouraged, I hope you're encouraged every time you've come to a church, um, you know, I, we, we, we pray that the word, we believe the word to be sharper than any double-edged sword, so as long as the word's taught, I pray that that you're, you're encouraged, um, but uh, this sermon series has really opened up my, my, it's funny, they were just singing, opening up my eyes, it's opened up my eyes in all reality um, to the areas in my life where I've doubted, where I got a lot of doubt in me, any doubters out there, let's, let's have a moment of counseling here, yeah, yeah, we doubt, I doubt God all the time, <laughs> and it's really convicted me of how much I do and how much I shouldn't, because he's so good to me. And he's so for me, and he's going to move in ways I can't imagine. And how much fear is inside of me. I, we preached on that. The doors were locked. They kept him out. They were afraid of what was happening. They were afraid that, that Jesus hadn't fulfilled his word. How many of you believe today that Jesus has fulfilled his word, and he's going to keep fulfilling his word every single day? That is who he is. It is in his nature. It's in his character. And he cannot change. He's going to keep fulfilling his word. So if he's given you a promise, I'm going to preach this morning. I've been awful week, so welcome to church. Uh, Uh, If he's given you a word in a season and that word hasn't come forth in the season yet, hold on. He's going to fulfill his word for each and every one of you. This is the God that I serve. This is who I believe. His name is Jesus Christ. He's going to come through for you. I promise. Just hold on. Just hold on. He's going to do it. And so today I got a a message entitled The Aftermath. You you have to ask me. There's kind of like a question mark there. I don't know if there's a question. There is. Woo. Team, you're awesome. Because I sent them the notes, and I don't think I put a question mark in there, but they know me. Praise the Lord. You have to ask me? John 21, you got your Bibles? Who's got your Bible? Because you get, you get tokens in heaven. Just, you got your word? Who, who actually has a physical Bible here today? Come on. Hey, man, look, come on, church. Getting better and better. I love it. It's good to bring your Bibles to church. If you're on your phone, we're judging you. Um, kidding, kind of. Um, Last week, Pastor Andrew brought a great message, uh, all or nothing this week. You have to ask me, John 21, verse 15, it's going to be up on the screen. It's a very, very, very um, crazy, beautiful story of Jesus reinstating Peter. When they had finished eating, if you remember last week, they were fishing, they went back to fishing, they went back to knowing what they knew because they were still fearing, they were still doubting. So they went back to the assignment that they, they were familiar with. Stop going back to places that God's called you out of. Jesus said to Simon Peter, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Kind of like that, like, why are you asking me? Like, you know this. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my lambs. Again, though, (laughs) Jesus is awesome. Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, then take care of my sheep. And a third time, whoo, <laughs> a third time you have to ask him, Jesus? A third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Catch that? It says Peter was hurt. We're going to talk about that because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself, and when you, when you went where you wanted, and went where you wanted, sorry, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death. What a conversation at breakfast. Like, he just roasted him three times, and then he's like, by the way, this is how you're going to die. Like, this is... <laughs> I love it. I'm going to talk about it. Don't worry. I'm not just going to leave you there. Like, why? Um, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. Jesus, this is your word. It's like no other book that we have. It's alive. It breathes. It's active. It speaks to us in every season of life. In every moment, we can look to your word for guidance, for direction, for clarity, for help, for, for, for just those things that you want to share with us. So today, God, I, I know your word's anointed, but would you help me? Help me. Speak the Father's heart clearly. I don't want anything that's come out of my mouth to be said because it's going to get a cheer or it's going to maybe sound cool. I, I just pray, God, that you speak through my life that, that truly, God, brain, uh, chains will be broken in this place that lives will be transformed in this place, that we will be different from the way we walked in here. We love you. We pray for this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Why are you asking me? You have to ask me. Have you ever had uh, someone ask you a question, and then asking the question, they already know the answer? Like, Like, they're asking the question so it registers with you the answer that they already know. Story of my marriage. <laughs> my wife is beautiful. I have no idea where she's at, but she is somewhere. She is amazing. She is beautiful. And she is 10 times more, uh, a way better communicator than I ever will be. Like, I'm trying to get her up here to preach a word to y'all because it would just shut the place down. You'd be like, Pastor JP, we're good. We don't ever need you again. We got Rachel in the house. And I'd be like, I'm fine with it. I want to sit too. Anyways, she's just so, like, 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 this is what happens. Just inside into our marriage, like, we will get into arguments, right? Because, because. Because we fight in marriage. We're real. <laughs> There's fights in marriage. If you're not fighting in your marriage and, and actually, like, making resolute, if you're not fighting, then you're not working at your marriage. Okay? So, like, like I'm not telling you to be disrespectful. I'm not telling you to, be, to, 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 to threaten anything. It's just there's going to be times where, where you just got to hash some things out. But I, my wife is super good at communicating, and it's super frustrating when we're in the middle of an argument. Like, I want to say so many things in my head, but my head's going as fast as it's going right now. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get the words out. And I say something stupid. Like, I don't know what you're saying. And she's like, what are you doing? And then she goes down this trail, and I'm like, oh, my God. You're such a better communicator than me. But my wife has a gift. 
And the gift is she will say to me when I, when I, when I come to her and I ask her a question like, hey, hey, my beautiful bride, can, can, I, can I buy these shoes? She won't get upset. She won't get mad. She'll go, JP, do you need those shoes? In a way for me to register like, and I'll say, yeah, I think so. <laughs> She'll say a second time, JP, do you really need those shoes? And I'll say, yeah, I really do. And a third time. And the third time, and the third time, we all know, she ain't playing games. She says, JP, do you really need those shoes? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> you win. <laughs> I give up. I tap out. Like, 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 people have asked questions before, and there's been moments in my life where, where that's happened, where they ask me the question, and they know the answer, and they got to get me to register to know the answer. My wife is, is great at asking me questions when it comes to situations where I don't see the harm in the situation, but she sees the harm in the situation because she's amazing and has discernment, and she asks for it, which we all can ask for, but sometimes we miss it, and it's good to have people around you that will have discernment for you in the situations when you don't have the discernment so that they can help you get out of the situation that you put yourself in, and now you're a mess, but the people around you, I'm talking really fast, will help you get out of the situation because they got discernment, they're close to God. Anybody thankful for friends that have discernment, right? So I'm thankful for my wife when she says to me, JP, are you sure about that? Hey, are you sure that you should go and have that meeting and talk in that tone? No, uh, uh, are you sure? This is the same situation in a sense that Jesus is, is coming to, to his, his disciple, one of his 12 that, that followed him, that was with him, that was around him all the time that he was on uh, doing his ministry for those years. Peter was with him through thick and thin, except when it mattered. And Jesus in this moment, he, in the aftermath of this moment, Jesus raising to life and coming to his disciples, he had to make sure that there wasn't a single bit of doubt within Peter. He had to hit the core of Peter in this moment. He had to get Peter before Peter, and he had to say, hey, I have something bigger for you in your life. Do you love me? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I do. Do you love me? I, I do. Do you really love me? Oh, man, I do. He had to make sure that Peter overcame the moment of denial by overcoming him with his death and resurrection. So if you know the word previous to this, just a few Short days before this, Jesus goes to the cross. Right before he goes to the cross so that we could have freedom, we could have life, we could have a hope, we could have a future, right? Not just when we get to heaven, but right now, in this moment, you can have peace that surpasses all understanding. You can have joy unspeakable. You can be calm in the midst of storms. Storms are going to come, but you can stay calm. Hello, this is what Jesus paid for, right? So Jesus, he goes to the cross, but right before he goes to the cross, he says, hey, Peter, come here. By the way, Peter. Um, I know you're with me, man. You got the shakedown. We're good. We're boys. But you're going to deny me three times. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're going to deny me three times. When I'm walking to the cross and someone says to you, hey, Peter, aren't you one of those guys that followed him? You're going to deny me three times. Peter's like, no way. No way. Not happening. What does Peter do? Denies him three times. So Jesus now Come on, this is so good. See, when, you, when we miss this, like, that's so good. Like, Jesus doesn't show up to Peter, and he, he's not like, yo, how dare you? How dare you deny me three times? How dare you? Oh, man, I'm going to show you. He's like, yo, Peter, come here. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Because he had to make sure that there was nothing left inside of Peter that was going to withhold him from the heart of Jesus Christ. 
So today, I, I believe this, that Jesus wants to reveal where each and every one of us are at with him in our relationship. Maybe you have a relationship. Maybe you're in this room today and you're welcomed. We're so glad you're here. You don't have to believe to belong here. You're just, we're just glad you're here, right? The grace of God is big enough to reach you where you're at right now. But like where today, I believe he wants to reveal where you're at in your relationship. And then he wants to heal you through opening up your heart to him. And finally, he wants to build into you the calling in which you have inside of you. And so, just real quick, what's happening in Scripture? The fishermen, the, the disciples went out and fished, and, and they couldn't catch anything, and Jesus shows up, and he tells them to throw his, their net on the right side of the boat. It's always right with Jesus. It's always the right thing with Jesus. They throw the net on, they catch it, and Peter's on the boat with the disciples, and Pastor Andrew spoke last week. You with me? I'm going to talk really fast. Here we go. Peter gets in the boat with the disciples. They go fishing, and, and they cast their nets out. They don't catch anything. Jesus says, hey, throw your nets on the other side. They throw the nets on the other side. They catch a bunch of fish, and Peter realizes, hey, that's Jesus over there. And instead of being like the rest of the disciples and, getting on the, and keeping on the boat and going to shore, Peter jumps off the boat. Peter jumps off the boat and starts paddling to Jesus. Like, I'm coming. I'm coming. That's Jesus. <laughs> I'm coming. Like, could you imagine this scene, like, in, the, uh, in, the, in this water, and Peter just jumps out of the boat. And he runs up to Jesus, like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. So glad. And Jesus is like, I got breakfast already made for you guys. I'm not mad at you. I got fish and chips. <laughs> He's like, sit down. Let's eat. So the disciples eat, right? And they're all sitting there like, yo, why did Peter jump out that boat? That's what I imagine. Like, doubting Thomas is like, man, I, man, I can't believe he doubted. He just, I can't believe he jumped out of that boat. What a madman. Jumps out of the boat, and they're all sitting around. and They're having breakfast. You ever have a good breakfast, good conversation? But, like, at the end of a good breakfast after you had a bunch of pancakes, for all you vegans, it's like, I don't even know what it is. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like Brussels sprout pancakes. <laughs> I love you guys. But, you know, I'm talking about, like, a real breakfast, right? Like, pancakes, sausage, bacon, butter, syrup. Like, I don't know about you where you came from, but that's what we ate at breakfast. And, like, like when I had that breakfast in me, what am I doing? I'm going to find the nearest couch, and I'm sleeping. <laughs> I'm, like, sleeping off what I just ate. So I imagine these guys just ate, and they, they had this amazing breakfast, and then, and then they're around the circle. And the way that only Jesus can, he brings up the heaviest conversation. <laughs> he leans forward. He says, hey, Peter, I got to talk to you in front of all the, all the dudes. All the dudes. Why? Because there's accountability with people around you. Catch that. Catch that. Okay. You want to go farther in your walk with Jesus? You want to go further in the, in the calling in your life? Have people around you that are going to hold you accountable. So he had to say this in front of his disciples. Okay, I'm going to they had, He had to say this because he had to make sure that his, his people around, the disciples around him knew what he was about to say. And I can imagine Peter going, whoa, why are you asking me these questions? I just jumped out of a boat for you. Don't you know my heart? Like, I, I just jumped out of the boat. I, didn't, I wasn't like the rest of them. They just, they paddled their way in the boat to you. I came running after you. Guys, it is great to run after Jesus. It is awesome to run after Jesus. But sometimes, he's not asking you to run to him. He's asking you to rest in him. He's asking you to sit at his feet and get revelation from him. Sometimes we run in the faith, like, if I just do a bunch of stuff, if I just serve a bunch of the church, and trust me, we need people to serve in this church, so hear me on this. But sometimes you can serve too much just because you think your serving's going to get you to heaven. Your serving is not going to get you to heaven. Jesus Christ's blood is going to get you to heaven. You just serve out of the posture of revelation of, man, I've received everything, so I'll just serve him because I received it. But some of you run super hard at Jesus. Well, I'm going to run at Jesus a 1,000 miles an hour. 
for this one day. And this is Peter. I just imagine his response like, what do you mean? Stop asking me that. I just jumped out of a boat. Like, I, I cut a dude's ear off. Like, I defended you. Why are you asking me? Because I think he has to ask this question for three reasons, three points. And I believe he's asking the same question today. Hey, hey, if you call yourself a believer of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus, he's going to ask these same questions to us today. And the first is this. The reason why he's asking this question, do you, do you love me, JP? He's trying to get us to a place today. The first question is this. Is your love for me conditional or constant, JP? Ooh. Is it conditional or is it constant? Do you love Jesus emotionally or do you love him confidently? Do you love Jesus when it's good and when it's bad? Or do you just love Jesus when it's good? Hello? Like, like, like is the love based off of situations or is it based off of confidence and commitment? I, I tell married couples all the time. I was in Atlanta doing a wedding and I, I grabbed the couple and good friends. Uh, they were, he was one of my football players that I knew. And I, I grabbed him and I, I looked at them square in the eye right before their, their like, like wedding's about to start. <laughs> I grabbed him, the, the groom, I grabbed him, and I said, brother, I probably said something a little bit more firm. I said, hey, listen, this world's going to tell you that you fall in and out of love. They're going to tell you that when your marriage gets bad, you can fall out of love. The reality of it is, is love is a choice. And every day, brother, you got to wake up to choose to love your wife. You've got to choose to love your spouse. You've got to choose through thick and thin, through emotions, through, through the hurt, through the pain, to love your spouse because love is a choice. It is not based off of things that are happening, right? If my wife loved me based off the things that are happening, I would be in a really bad position. <laughs> truth, truth be told, we're not perfect. Like if, if you just love Jesus based off of just conditions that are happening in your life, you're missing the mark. And for Jesus to Peter this moment, he's saying, hey, Peter, you've loved me just in the moments when it was convenient for you. You loved me in the moments when I was around you. You loved me in the moments when it was really cool, when I was doing all the miracles, and when I was doing all the signs, and when I was doing all the wonders, and I was healing people. You were the back guy, the, the hype guy behind me like, woo, Jesus. But then when the rubber met the road, your love for me became conditional. Hey, hey, aren't you that guy that follows Jesus? Oh, no way. But aren't you that guy that was with the 12? Not me. You got the wrong guy. Aren't you that guy? No, man, stop asking me, man. See, what happens when you start to, to, to love Jesus constantly and with confidence, you got to wear this thing on your sleeve. You got to wear this relationship out there, not just on Sunday mornings. Hello? Come on, somebody. Some of us in the church today, we're so comfortable showing up to Sunday mornings, and that's it. I love Jesus Sunday, but don't mess with my Monday through Saturday, especially my Saturday night. Turn up. Come on. Don't mess with me on my Saturday night. Like, don't tell me. I, I don't, don't start going there. I, cool, I'll show up at Sunday morning. You guys got a nice service? Because Sunday, Saturday night was a little crazy. Like, that's what people ask me. I'm like, no, 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 you're missing it. Your love for Jesus is based off of conditions. And Jesus is saying to Peter, hey, your love for me needs to become constant. It needs to go from here to here. This is where you need to love me from. And so he asked Peter these questions. He, he says, your emotions need to turn into deep love for me. 
your emotional high, the vibes, the feels, you need to turn that into every day, even when you don't feel me. How many of you don't feel Jesus every day? Like, double hand throw. Like, like, where are you at? Where are you at? Like, I don't, I don't feel, I, I got my coffee, I got my Bible, I got my couch, like, I'm here, I'm seeking you, I'm getting on my knees, because if, if I get on my knees, like, I feel you, and sometimes I just don't feel them. But guess what? I don't stop showing up. I don't stop showing up to, get, to, to, to have him just show something in his word. I don't stop showing up expecting. It'd be like if, my, if I didn't feel my love for uh, the, my wife's love all the time. It's not like I just can't show up to the house. Like she'd call me and be like, you better get your butt home. Like, like, like that's how we operate with Jesus though. Well, if I don't feel him this week, I'm not showing up to Sunday even. Monday through Saturday shot, but I didn't feel him all week. I'm shot. I'm not even coming Sunday. You're basing it off of conditions. You're basing it off of, oh, man, how is he intervening in the storms? How is he moving in my life? How is he going? How am I being provided for? Guys, when you could turn your love for him from condition to constant, the supernatural takes place. He had a break. Let me say it this way. We're moving on to point two. I don't have much time. We're going to baptize some people. He had to break. Catch this, catch this, catch this. Because this happens. The longer I serve Jesus, I catch myself on this. And I've made this a prayer. What he's getting at is he's breaking the habit of following Jesus. Some of you, okay, let me, so, so no judging here. Let me just talk about JP. JP walks into Sunday morning sometimes, and I can just lift my hands out of habit. This is what I know to do. This is what, this is what, I, this is what I feel like. This is what I see happening, and, and there's times that you've got to press in even when you don't feel like it, but, but sometimes it's just habit. And Jesus is saying to me, hey, JP, do you love me? Because yesterday you didn't show me that you love me, and you never came before me to let me heal you from that. Hello. And now you're just coming in and habit. Some of us need to break the habit of just conditionally loving Jesus based off of what's happening around us. And some of us in this room today are going to break, it's going to break in us, and we're going to be constant. We're going to be able to walk onto the city and tell the world, hey, no matter what's happening around me, no matter what season I'm in in life, no matter if she broke up with me or if he broke up with me, no matter if the job quit, I lost the job, no matter what's happening, I am firm in Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to shake me. Nothing is going to move me. I am constant with Jesus. And so the second question he's asking today and he's asking it to Peter, and he's asking it to us. And we take it as, Jesus is asking you, do you love me? And we take it as, like, that hurts me. But what is happening is he's not trying to hurt you, he's trying to heal you. Okay, so Peter gets asked the question, and it says, the third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Peter was hurt by the question. Hurt. Jesus isn't asking to hurt you, but to heal your hurt. Mm. Jesus is asking, do you love me? Not to hurt you, not to point the finger, but to heal you, to restore you. Hey, do you love me? Hey, do you love me? I remember oftentimes growing up when I was a little, uh, yeah, little, 16, 17, 18-year-old, and I started, that was a, that, right about the time I, I just said to the church and everybody, forget it. And at 15, I just started living a life of whatever JP wanted to do. And I remember my parents would bring me into the, the house, and they'd say, sit down. Say, okay. And they say, JP, do you know what you're doing? Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Why are you asking? You know what I'm doing. We all know what I'm doing. JP, do you know what you're doing? 
Yes. JP, you need to stop doing what you're doing. And the moment that was said to me, it was like, how dare you tell me how to live my life? Like a 15-year-old kid telling his mom and dad that. What in the world am I doing? My dad was like, yeah, I feed you, I clothe you, I give you a house over your head. Like, like so some of y'all need to be thankful for your parents. And he says this to me, and I, I would get hurt. Like, 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 why are you asking me this? Do you just want me to not have friends? Like, you're just trying to control my life? Yeah, he's my parent. <laughs> Like, that get control. I'm going to control Titus's life. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> uh, like, you, you, why do you, do you just want to hurt me? Do you not want me to be cool? Do you not want me to be in the friend group that's awesome? Like, what's going on? No, what my parents were trying to do is they were trying to heal me. They were trying to get Jesus in me. They were trying to say, hey, JP, we see something in your life that's going to harm you. That's not going to help you. Jesus is asking the same question to Peter three times, and Peter is hurt. He's hurt. Why is he hurt, though? It's different from my hurt with my parents. Hello, this is how I'm tying this in. He wasn't hurt like, whoa, Jesus, how dare you? How dare you ask me? Peter have a revelation. When you get a revelation from God, whoo, it's the best thing in the world. Peter went from this posture of stop asking me, stop asking me to, oh my gosh, grieved. He was hurt because of the decisions and the thing that he did by denying Jesus three times. The revelation of what he did fell in that moment. Peter went, oh my goodness, huh, I'm so hurt that you even have to ask me that. I'm so hurt that you have to ask me that. Ben, can come on up. I'm so hurt that you have to ask me that. Because I denied you three times before. I denied you three times. And yeah, I do, I do love you. I do love you. Jesus is asking you the question today, do you love me? Not so that he can hurt you, but he can heal you. In that moment, in that moment, I believe truthfully, the presence of God fell on Peter the third time he asked him. The love of God, the Father, fell on him. And Peter changed his whole posture and said, oh, my goodness, I failed. I've messed up. I denied you. Hey, don't judge Peter. We deny Jesus every day. Don't, don't, don't be mad at Peter. Good old Pete's an example for us. We do it every day. And when he's asking the question, hey, I'm trying to heal you. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to get you to understand that there's more with me. I got way more grace for you. I got way more mercy for you. I got way more doors to open up for you. I got way more things for you. I got a better relationship than you're in. I got a better job than you're sitting in right now. I got a better place for you to go than where you're at today. Do you love me? Is this encouraging y'all? The last thing is this. I got to hurry. Knowing that he's not trying to hurt us, but he's trying to heal us. In this story, I see something so powerful, and that is this. Confident love places us in our calling. There are a lot of young people in this room. Young meaning like 20s, 30s. (laughs) Professionals trying to figure out where to go, trying to figure out what to do. When you know the confident love of Jesus Christ, you will know where he is calling you to go. Catch this. This is deep. This is awesome. Peter has a revelation of how much Jesus loves him the third time he asked him. And what does Jesus do? He calls him to where he needs him to go. He says, hey, Peter, guess what? You're going to feed my sheep. You're going to feed my lambs. And you are going to go and spread the gospel. Isn't God so good that he'll correct you and then he'll send you? Some of you want the calling of God on your life. You, you want to know, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to go? What am I, where am I supposed to go? And you can't get there, I believe, until you understand that he is 
for you. He's trying to ask you some things to get some things out of you. He's trying to bring deep revelation to your heart to show you, hey, there's some things in you that I can't put you to where I need you to go yet until I get this stuff out of you. I gotta heal your heart. I gotta heal your mind. I gotta heal the things that have happened to you. I gotta heal the things that you've let into your life so that I can place you in the calling and the position that I have for you. Guys, this is the best news about Jesus. He doesn't wanna just leave you. He wants to call you to greater things, but it's the love that draws us and calls us and commissions us. He says to him, hey, Peter, you're going to die. And he's saying to him, you're going to die the same way I'm going to die. You're going to die on a cross. And how many of you know that Peter, Peter for a moment was like, well, what about that guy? If you read on. He's like, well, what about this guy? He's like, no, 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 sorry. Sorry, Jesus. Like the moment of the flesh kicked in. Okay, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you, Jesus, because I know how much you love me. I know how much you're for me. I know how much you care for me. I know how much you did for me and how much you're going to do for me. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. That follow me isn't just in this moment. That follow me is every day. So Peter, follow me. Come with me. I got places for you to go. He's saying the same thing to every single one of you in this room today. He's saying, hey, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. Then follow me. Follow me. Follow me. It doesn't say follow Pastor JP. It says follow Jesus Christ. And you will know where you're called. You will know the position, that, the places that he has for you. The aftermath. He's got to ask us some questions. And so I pray today. I don't have any big clothes. We're going to pray for the people that are going to baptize. Because this is one of those words that you got to go from here. And you got to sit on it. you got to chew on it. Because he's asking some questions in the room this morning. He's asking you some questions. And the biggest question is to say, do you actually love me? Is your love based off of conditions or is it constant? Hey, do you actually think I'm here to hurt you or am I actually a God that wants to heal you? And hey, do you actually think I just got some whatever plans for you? Do I have holy, God-ordained plans for you? So today I want to pray for us if that's all right. Can I do that? Guys, he's got big plans for you. He's got futures for you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, today, right now in this place, I pray for every person, God. God, every person in this room, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I just pray, God, that you will show yourself to them. God, through the cares of the world, through the chaos and confusion, you will show yourself to them. You'll show your heart. You'll show that you're for them and not against them. You'll show them that you have a purpose and a plan for their life. God, I pray, God, that, God, they will sit with you. They will receive from you. They will hear from you, and they will grow strong in you. God, I pray that our love for you will not be conditional. In the name of Jesus, I pray that those of us in the room that have based our relationships of what's happening around us, we will stop in the name of Jesus today, and we will ask for a firm footing to stand boldly, to know that you are with us every moment, every hour, every minute. You are with us. So God, I pray for those in the room today that have felt like you have been asking them questions to hurt them, but you've been trying to heal them. God, I pray for healing over their lives. Healing to let go of the offense that someone's spoken to them. Healing to let go of that, that broken relationship. Healing, healing to, just, to just step into where you call them to go. God, I just pray in the name of Jesus today that you would call your people higher into greater. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And Father, we just thank you so much for what's about to take place. God, you're a good father, and we worship you, and we praise you. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody says, come on, and everybody says, 
Come on, can we just lift up a shout of praise for the goodness of our God, that he's calling us to greater, that he's calling us to more, that he has plans and purposes for our lives, that he is with us through every season. Yeah, come on, stay standing if you can't stand to your feet. Those of you that are getting baptized, would you come on up here real quick? we got four people getting baptized today. Come on, can we just get excited? Man, we had... we. It's amazing to see a church, you know, we were talking, my wife and I, and we were like, man, we just did a baptism. Like, how can we do another one? Well, I, we got four people. So we're going to dunk them today. And this is going to be amazing. But I ask this question every time. If you're in this room and you've never been baptized, but you love Jesus and you've given your life to him, if you want to get baptized, you can step out now or you can come see us afterwards. We'll get you a t-shirt, some shorts. We'll make this happen. Because this is Bible. Right when people got saved in the word, they were baptized immediately. We don't have that convenience, but we try our best. But we're going to pray for these people because I talked with them before service. I said, hey, this doesn't, this doesn't make your life rainbows and butterflies. This gets you deeper into this fight called faith. And so we need to pray for strength over them. We need to pray for, for just boldness over them. Their families may be here. Their families are going to be watching all the way from Brazil. Hallelujah. Thank you for FaceTime. So would you just extend a hand to these guys right now? Uh, we're going to pray for them. If you feel comfortable, we're going to pray over their lives as they go and get ready to get baptized. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much, Jesus, for every one of these individuals, God. I pray supernatural power upon their lives. I pray, God, that you just use them in mighty ways, that your grace would fall on their lives, God, that you would touch them, that you would equip them, that you would just continue to speak in every area of their life, God. Thank you for the sign that they are showing today to the world that they are no longer who they were. They are brand new in Jesus' name. So I thank you for new life. I thank you for new creation. God, I thank you that their hearts are turned towards you and that your grace and mercy is flowing through them. So Jesus, today we celebrate celebrate, we honor you, and we bless you for this amazing time. And everybody says, come on, can we just thank God for this time? Can we thank Jesus for this time? Hey, church, I find it only appropriate as we go, before we get out there, can we just worship him one last time? Can we sing this song one last time? Can we just lift our voices high? Can we just proclaim his goodness? Can we proclaim that we are constantly in love with Jesus? We're going to build our lives upon his goodness. Come on, church. 